Yo, what's up? <laughs> it's your girl, DJ Narc. What's going on? Oh my God, it's been so long. What the fuck? Like, you don't even want to talk to us anymore? No, it's not that. I just, I don't like being redundant. I don't like, you know, putting out the same thing in a different package. That's often my issue with a lot of people in one of the industries that I'm in. I have an issue with a lot of astrologers uh, just because they're boring. (laughs) Don't tell me no shit you already told me. (laughs) Be original. Um, Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm trying to make lighthearted fun of the fact that I just wasn't ready. You know, I believe deeply in mourning. I think mourning is important. I think that you have to let yourself go through your own healing process, whatever it is. I think that you, I believe for myself that I shouldn't speak on something until I've uh, either I've admitted and said, listen, this is something I haven't processed or until I've processed it. Now we did a podcast with me processing every, with me saying, I haven't really processed this. I don't know what to say. Um, the last time we spoke and quite frankly, that's where I was. And I didn't move past it really uh, (laughs) completely uh, until just a few minutes ago. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I had a lot to talk about, but I just, I didn't feel right. I I didn't feel the fire, you know? Um, I think a lot of what Nip's death was designed to do was to take people's fire from them was to uh, perhaps uh, spread this emotion of, um, well, it, it's, it's to spread this feeling of feudalism. You know, it's to, something is futile. Like, nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to help. It's always going to be the same. The power structure is never going to dissolve. Um, we'll always be on the lowest rung of, a, of that pyramid, so... Regardless of what we do to rise up out of that, it doesn't matter. If you try, they'll just kill you. You know, this is what it was designed to do, was to rob people of their hope, which is where fire comes from. Um, or a sense of optimism, perhaps. And Aries would argue that it's optimism. But here we are. And so what is it that's lit this fire again? Well, as you may know... Uh, Facebook came out and banned a group of people yesterday from being on Facebook. Now, does it really matter? I mean, does anyone use Facebook aside from your grandmother? Probably not. But that's not really the point, right? Because the parent company owns both Instagram and Facebook. So you got to start looking at the entire social media platform that you exist off of right now a little bit funny. You got to start looking at the whole thing a little bit sideways because... Not because they're banning people, but because of why they're banning people, right? So I'm a firm believer in you can't just want rights for people that you agree with. You have to fight as fervently for the rights of people that you don't give a fuck about and that you actually may think um, are not like good people. See, the, the thing that separates people from intellectuals, I think, 
is the desire to turn everything into a learning experience and a desire to use your intelligence and apply it to any situation that you're in. So the intelligent point of view in this situation wouldn't be, oh, good, they banned Alex Jones. Oh, good, they banned Farrakhan. The intelligence-based opinion here would be, oh, shit, they're banning people because they don't like their politics? Because if that's the case, we got someone sitting in the White House who, you know, from what I can tell from the numbers, very few people like his politics. Very few people appreciate his propaganda, his speech, his, you know, the things that Trump comes out here and says on Twitter and otherwise. So it's a little gray when you have let's call them all trolls, if that's what you want to do, internet trolls. It's really weird to have an internet troll sitting in the most powerful office in the land uh, and then taking people who are in the same breath as him and banning those people. That's, that's, uh, it's troubling. It's troubling. Now I'm kicking myself a little bit because I should have said something about this when they first banned Alex Jones. The reason I didn't say anything about it is because I was trying to see how it played out. I knew this wasn't the end of it. I knew that when they started shutting him off different platforms that they weren't going to stop. I could feel that it was personal. And that really got, you know, that, that, that piqued my interest because I'm like, oh, wow, the entire establishment is coming after him? What exactly did he do? You know, so if you go through and you listen to the charges levied against him and then you listen to him speak and you listen to even the clips that the detractors say is the reason he should be banned, there's really not that much there. And I'm sorry, I'm going to be that fucked up person who absolutely believes in free speech, who doesn't understand that even if Alex Jones said the shit that people say he said, which he did not I still don't think that you should be kicking him off platforms. No, I don't. You can't live in a country that has routinely, since before Vietnam, you can't live in a country that has routinely, since before Vietnam, used false flags as a way to gain either political advantage or to push their population into war. Factual, confirmed false flags all over the world. The U.S. loves doing this. You can't live in a country whose policy has included that particular behavior for as long as it has. You can't have someone like Alex Jones who has military background, right? His parents were, his dad was involved with the military, worked for the military several times. You can't expect someone who has been intimately involved with the inner workings of this system to not question when something happens. Listen, I, this is the this is the only question that I have about that incident, and I'm now saying more than Alex Jones has ever said about it. Right? This is my only question. You have a teacher. The teacher is being hailed as a hero. This teacher at this school shooting was on TV, local news TV, because she's a hero. Why is she a hero? Because a bunch of kids, as the school shooting was starting, a bunch of kids came and knocked on her locked door. She was protecting her students. And she could tell that students were being picked off and shot 
in the hallway and the ones that were, you know, not shot yet were banging on her door, begging to be let in. Now, the reason the local news had the woman on is because she's a hero. Why is she a hero? Because she opened the door even though she knew there was live fire in the hallway and she let the kids in and she saved a bunch of kids. And it's a beautiful story. Like, kudos to that woman. You know what I mean? Like, it's true, Beyonce. Girls do run the world, you know? Like, it's dope. Here's the issue with that. Now, we know the teacher's legit. We know that what she did is legit. We know that she saved all those students. The students are right there in, you know, in the in the news clips being like she saved us, she let us in, we were going to die. Ah uh, ah uh, uh. okay, good. So, everything seems pretty legit, right? Now, this woman, the local news person asks her, "Okay, so what why did you open the door? Like you knew that, you know, there was people like being killed by gunfire. Like what what motivated you? Where did this courage come from? You know, tell us." This nice lady from wherever she's from, this teacher, this nice lady teacher is like, well, um, I had to. I had to save them. And of course, I had to. And, you know, you're watching and you're going, oh, I'm such a good person. Like, yeah, man, yeah, you had to say there's no choice. And the local newscaster makes the mistake of asking her, Well, when you open the door, what did you see? And this nice lady teacher who has just been hailed as a hero because we know she saved all these people with the turn of one phrase becomes quite a problem because she says back to the woman, well, I opened the door to let the students in and I saw a man at the end of the hallway in full tactical gear Uh, body armor with uh, two automatic weapons. (laughs) You see how that's an issue? You see how that's an issue when you've been told that this woman saved a bunch of kids during a school shooting by two of the kids in the school? You see that it's an issue when that woman says there was a grown man in body, tactical body armor. I couldn't see any of him. He was completely covered in armor and he had two automatic weapons and he was just picking people off. Now, am I saying that that it wasn't one of the kids in that outfit? I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm saying that that teacher who saved the day, who saved the fucking day, said more conspiracy theory shit than Alex Jones did about that shooting. He had never even come close to saying the shit I'm saying right now. But you're banning him. At the same time, you're banning, uh, YouTube's already gone ahead and banned Flat Earth videos completely. Now, here's the issue with that. Man, if I want to believe that horses and elephants come from flowers, flowers are the parents of horses and elephants, that shit is so fucking ridiculous that I could start a channel and it would probably be kitsch and hilarious if I ran around to different flowers going, and this is the parent of the Bengal tiger. When this flower mates with a tulip, it produces a squirrel. Like, I would be nuts. It would turn into some kind of kitsch, insane, how crazy is the internet sensation probably knowing me because of the placements I have, right? And that would be it. 
Now, imagine if 30 more people joined me and were like, we also believe that animals come from flowers. <laughs> you know, we, we believe in this one specific religious text that we found near the railroads, you know, when they were making the railroads, whatever. I'm, I'm tapping into that Latter-day Saint stuff. But like, you know what I mean? We found this scripture and it tells us that God wants us, you know, to, to worship the flowers because that's where babies come from. I don't fucking know. I'm trying to think of the most ridiculous thing I can. Now, say 30 more people open channels. And are like, okay, you know, we also believe that, you know, squirrels come from tulips. Let's go, bitch. Now, just because 30 more people open that channel and are talking about the same type of shit doesn't mean that we're right. And it certainly doesn't mean that we need to in any way be banned. We talking some weird shit. There's a bunch of us talking some weird shit. But if it's as obvious as squirrels don't come from tulips, what the fuck do you care? See, all you do when you ban flat earth videos off YouTube is legitimize their whole shit. Because these people obviously haven't looked. They, what it sounds like to me is that somebody took a highlighter, somebody who doesn't watch these videos, someone who doesn't listen to Alex Jones, doesn't listen to Farrakhan, doesn't even listen to the other two. Someone took some highlighters, looked at like a social justice clipboard and was like, highlight, highlight, highlight. Okay, get rid of these people. And then we're still on the up. If we do this, maybe people will forget that we're the ones violating their fucking privacy day and night being able to turn on their fucking microphone on their fucking phone and listen whenever the fuck we want oh open your ears and listen if you have the facebook app on your phone do you know part of what you agreed to when you downloaded that fucking app is that they can turn their microphone on whenever the fuck they want and listen to whatever the fuck you're doing do you know do you know how facebook probably interpreted that shit consent to that shit that means they got the fucking your fucking mic on all the time they're listening to every fucking thing that's going on around you the ambient noise the conversations you're having and based on that they're selling your fucking information to people who could then emotionally manipulate you into buying certain shit so that company that is that deeply involved in violating your rights thinks that it's a good idea to protect you now from what the real the real evils of the world right so i didn't really worry about alex jones because alex jones went on joe rogan and joe rogan is a fucking bitch but okay he goes on joe rogan he clears shit up you listen you can say whatever the fuck you want about Alex Jones. But when you ask him shit and he comes back to you with facts and you Google every fucking thing he says and everything he's saying turns out to be legitimate, you can't be mad at him because you don't like his delivery. Okay, he's a white guy with high blood pressure from fucking Texas that like gets worked up and turns red when he speaks. That's part of why he was in Waking Life. That fantastic film, Waking Life. And if you haven't seen it, I apologize. It's a little heavy on the philosophy um, so, you know, there's a certain type of person who loves that shit, but trust me when I tell you, anyone can glean enormous amounts of information from that film. Alex Jones is in Waking Life as one of the several, you know, um, dream state gurus that this kid meets on his journey towards death. And, ah, do you see a pattern here? Dead Man, Waking Life. The films that I truly, truly respect all include that heroic journey into death because otherwise what the fuck are we talking about i'm very much of that camus style um that camus um 
line of thought that the really only serious question here is if whether or not to kill yourself. Like, are we living or are we dead? And if that's the only serious question, then the transition or the journey from life to death becomes vastly interesting, perhaps more interesting than anything else because it is the mimicking of your own life. So in Waking Life, this child um, cannot seem to figure out that he's dead and he keeps entering these lucid states that are designed to help his floundering mind find its way out of this uh, realm and into the next. And part of that journey includes speaking to different people about the nature of reality, the nature of dream time, the nature of death, the nature of the soul. And one of the people he meets is a red-faced Alex Jones who is driving in a car, screaming his head off into a a megaphone um, about the ails of the world, about what is being done to our rights, about government, about the tyranny of... uh, of all government, right? The nature of government. Uh, This is is why being founded by a bunch of like badass, no good kids who didn't want to, you know, pay coin to the king. This is is that same spirit. If if that spirit exists anywhere, I said this in the live podcast a couple, uh, a week ago, if that spirit still exists anywhere, it's in fucking Texas, bro. Remember, they're the only ones that haven't signed into the union. That's where that man is from. Right? So all of that in Waking Life is on display. This is an angry person, and he's angry with pretty good fucking reason. And he's angry for you. He's angry for you. Now, I'm saying this as someone who is not at all in the dark about Alex Jones's views about Muslims. You see, I'm definitely putting my money where my mouth is. Alex Jones says wild shit about Muslims, but he also says some real, like, legitimate shit, you know, because there are pushes in different school systems throughout the world to impose choices on children before they're ready. This is the type of shit that's getting Alex Jones in trouble. He's talking about things like introducing and explaining any kind of sexuality in pre-K, Right. The fact that in English schools, they want to start talking about gender orientation, but also sexual orientation when the kids are in kindergarten is something that people had such an issue with that the Muslims in London, they had the laws changed because they were like, we're not sending our kids to school when you want to teach my five year old daughter how two men have sex. My daughter doesn't even know how normal like sex, like quote unquote normal heterosexual sex is. We don't I don't want her to now know about heterosexual sex, homosexual sex, all of this all at once. I'd rather her not learn anything right now. And then you can teach her all of this in a few years when she's a bit older. Now, however you feel about that. The fact that Alex Jones is talking about it is not fucked up, right? So I give that as an example of someone like Alex Jones may not necessarily like Muslims. He may think to a large degree falsely that terrorism is carried out by Muslims and that's it, right? But even he will come on and admit when the Muslim community is doing something to guard our rights. Now, this is a group that he doesn't necessarily agree with. 
And yet he can see that those people are still fighting for our right to be able to live a relatively government interference free life. That's his thing. That's always been his thing. So, okay, let's go back to flat earth. So tulips come from uh, squirrels come from tulips. Say now you have 30,000 people, 40,000 people, 50,000, not people, but 50,000 channels out there that are saying that tulips come from squirrels. Okay, so by the time you got 50,000 channels out there, you're going to have some people who have tried this shit out. No, I'm serious. You're going to have people who are going to try to fucking crossbreed tulips to see if they come up with a fucking squirrel or a Bengal tiger. Now, maybe you got channels of people, thousands of channels of people who have tried this shit out. Maybe you even have channels of people who tried this shit out, faked that shit, showed you, you know, showed themselves crossbreeding some tulips in the next shot. You see a Bengal tiger and they're like, ta-da, we did it. Regardless of how ridiculous, who the fuck are these companies to tell us what's ridiculous and what's not ridiculous in terms of consuming information? This is where these platforms hit a brick wall. This is it right now. Whether you like who they banned or you don't, that's not the point. The point is they're banning people arbitrarily, which means that none of us have the right to say what the fuck we want without consequences like being kicked off social media. Now, we can all laugh and be like, oh, who cares if they got kicked off Facebook? Well, at least for Alex Jones, Facebook was a huge moneymaker. And that's where I want to take this conversation. You think that they got banned for the shit they say? Have you seen what the fucking president be saying? (laughs) you think really they got banned because of what they say it has nothing to do with what they say it has to do with money that's all it's about it has to do with money it has to do with people using quote-unquote their platforms to make quote-unquote their own money This is also why Instagram wants to get rid of likes and views and followers and everything. Because like Rory on Joe Budden Podcast said, it's a way to take all the power out of the hands of the people. Because people make financial business deals off of Instagram. Because people can see how many followers someone has, how many impressions they get. And based on that, individuals are are able to make money outside of the system. You know... That these companies hate that shit, right? You know they'd rather take away the likes, the views, the followers, everything. Because they can then implement a different system that you keep making that money. But you got to pay them to get that information. That's all they're about to do. Just like they sell your information. Now they're going to sell your information back to you. Oh, yeah. That's exactly where we're heading. That's what the whole preliminary conversation about no likes, no followers, no view. That's just another way of saying, how about we go ahead and keep that information secret? Right? We just gave you all that. How about we take that shit back, make that information secret? Okay? And then if you want it and you want to do business or some company wants to know what you got or who you are or what you, you know, how you move... How about you throw us a little something and we'll give you that info, you know, hush, hush or whatever. 
oh, they'll come out with a whole new program of like, oh, influencers can work through this medium now or that. Because the way they set it up, they fuck themselves. They cannibalize their own shit. The way Instagram is set up, if they don't change it, they don't make anything off of it. You see? And they're getting rid of people who are making money off their other platform without giving them a cut. That's the only thing this is about. It's about money. However, they also get to take the moral high ground, which is my issue, by point by banning certain people that they know are crowd pleasers. People will know nothing about Alex Jones and be jumping up and down happy because he got banned. But that fucking teacher who saved all those kids said way more conspiracy theory shit than he ever said. See, that's the fucked up thing about going off what you hear, what you hear, what you hear. Because Alex Jones has been out here yelling and screaming for years now saying, I never said those kids didn't die. I never said that. And it's true, he did it. But even questioning what is going on within the nation, especially when it comes to gun control, you can't have people like that out there. And why can't you have them out there? Listen to me. Alex Jones and Farrakhan have something in common. Yeah, smoke something, drink something. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, they have something in common. Farrakhan and Alex Jones have something very much in common. They believe in the autonomy of the self. They believe in carrying guns even. They believe in a certain modicum of violence even when it comes to defending the self. They believe blisteringly reinforced thought here okay like something that like burns into the brain they believe in protecting the self from the system both alex jones and farrakhan's movements come out of groups of people who feel that they have been oppressed lied to diminished and disenfranchised marginalized by this institution by this society by this structure that we live in. Both people, both of those people have followings that are based in people feeling diminished and marginalized and wanting someone powerful as a voice for them. These are people that have been propped up by the people. You like them or not. It doesn't really fucking matter. Listen, it doesn't fucking matter if you like the nation of Islam. It doesn't. I've been on here in the very last podcast. I told y'all how I feel about that rhetoric. I told you very clearly that my heart isn't with it. If anyone thinks one person is better than another, but that doesn't give anyone the right to take away their ability to speak that. If you're saying that your platform is open to everyone, then it has to be open to everyone. Now, the reason these particular people are being banned is because their ethos is similar in that they don't want the government in control. They want the self. They want the individual in control. They believe in reinforcing their own boundaries and protecting their own communities. Alex Jones is big on guns. Big, right? Farrakhan's big on community building and not letting anyone push you around. So these are the people they're banning. Now let's go back to flat earth and the tulips and the squirrels because it's all going to tie together, but you should probably smoke something before we go further. (laughs) But I'm saying, did you miss me? Ha! Sorry. (laughs) 
Did you miss me though? Um, so here we go. Squirrels. <coughs> Excuse me, flat earth. <laughs> so why the analogy about the squirrels and the tulips? And like, come on, what are you trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to say if something's so fucking ridiculous, why you got to ban it? It's simple, bro. I'm trying to say if something is so ridiculous, why you got to ban it? I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. Yo, if Neil deGrasse Tyson says the earth is pear-shaped, what's with those photos from the moon, bro? The moon don't look pear-shaped in those photos. But Neil deGrasse Tyson, that's your boy. That's what he said. It's always been pear-shaped. So what was up with the cameras from the moon? And how come BBC, you could look this up, how come BBC came out and said that they lost all physical evidence of the moon landing? And then when people were like, don't worry, that's all right, it's all digitized, they were like, oops. Not only did the warehouse where all the original shit was go up in flames, we got none of the original film, we got none of the photos, we got nothing. Meanwhile, I can't get, go through x-ray at the airport with my film, but okay. Uh, Van Allen belts are much kinder, I think, on film. <laughs> it's a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. It's a fucking Cold War joke that they never had the guts to tell us was a joke because they didn't have the guts to tell us that they conned the whole country and the whole world into believing some shit because they wanted to compete with the Russians. The Russians actually came out and said, like, okay, we didn't really do it. We were playing. We were playing. Ha, ha, ha. But, of course, the U.S. is going to double down on this shit, right? So BBC comes out and says, oh, we lost everything. And people are like, oh, BBC, don't worry. You have everything digitized. It's all right. And then they come out and go, oh, you know, actually what happened? All the digitized shit is gone, too. We don't have any fucking thing, any record. The originals, not the scans of the originals. We got fucking nothing when it comes to the moon landing. Well, of course. You know why? Look it up first. You, 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 oh, if you scoffing at me, you better pause this and look it up. You think I'm stupid enough to come on here and say some shit that you could easily look up and be like, man, this bitch don't know what she's talking about. Oh, no, you can look it up. I'll wait. You should probably also look up Smithsonian destroying all those bones for years and years because they didn't know how to explain them. You should probably also look that up. Anyway. So, why Flat Earth? Why ban all those Flat Earth videos? Because you realize this Farrakhan stuff, the Alex Jones, the whatever, Yanopol, whatever the fuck his name is, you realize this is after YouTube went through and banned all the Flat Earth videos already. This is after. This, and this is what Alex Jones was saying on Joe Rogan. It's a push. It's a firm push across platforms, and it's for a very specific reason. So why? Why Why out of all the crazy fucking subjects, you know, out there in the world, you got people on YouTube that have a goat as a pet. Shout out Billy Gotti. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's okay. But there's a group of people who really, really believe based on their religions, based on what it says in the Bible, what it says in the Quran, what it says in myth, what it says in Norse myth, what it says in Greek myth, what it says in everything. These stupid people believe this stupid theory. Got it. Got it. I'm with you. It's all fucking dumb. It's so dumb. Got it. 
So why would this gigantic platform go out of its way to purge itself of what seems like just a really bizarre decade trend? You know, there's bizarre shit going on in the 90s. I can only shudder at the thought of what the fuck the internet would have looked like if we had it in the late 80s, early 90s. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so there's some dumb trend out there that you guys can't seem to figure out, but you're going to purge your platform of all Flat Earth videos? Well, you know, the first thing the Flat Earthers did is go, see, we were right. You see? Because, and here's the thing that most people don't understand about Flat Earth. Flat Earth isn't about Flat Earth. It really isn't about thinking that the Earth is flat. It's about believing that space is fake. There's a big difference, right? And as soon as you get into space is fake, what that immediately leads you to is NASA. Once you start looking into the origins of NASA and where NASA came from, you realize that what NASA did was go and grab every Nazi scientist who at the time during the fall of Nazi Germany, was working for the Reich, and what they were working on was a way out of the Van Allen belts that surround the Earth, the radiation belts that surround the Earth. These radiation belts have been called by different religions things like the dome, the firmament. It is supposed to be a way, according to many religions, to keep us in and keep others out. And although they will try to get out of the dome again and again, they will fail. So that's what the Nazis were working on. True space travel, not this like bullshit Cold War, you know, they were actually like on some real shit. They were trying to leave this rock, right? So they were trying to find a way out. Now in most schools of thought in most religions that believe in a flat earth anyone who is trying to get outside of the dome or the firmament is probably calling on pretty uh, nefarious forces to help them out because the understanding the the given in the flat earth model is that god created flat earth the the disc as it says in North mythology and god created the dome on, on top of it the firmament as well and the firmament is there to protect us from the outside, but also to protect the outside from us. In that model, anyone who's trying to get out of the dome is pretty satanic. And I don't use that word lightly. So now, is it in any way a surprise to you when you look into NASA and you look at the different scientists that they brought over from Germany that you find some Serious war criminals. I mean, people who were doing horrendous things. You do. And you find them all employed by the U.S. government in the pursuit of, again, trying to get out of the Van Allen belts. Now, this is what most flat earth is based on. Flat earth is based on the idea that we are being told that there is this quote-unquote space out there and that we can go out there and go here, go there, go to different planets, ah, ah, ah. Now, do I believe this? Do I not believe it? Do, Do I believe it's dimension? It doesn't matter. That's the whole point. It doesn't fucking matter. The point is, however ridiculous it is, why are you banning it? 
Because, because the implications are too far reaching. As soon as you believe that space is fake, as soon as you realize that NASA, and I'm just following the train of thought out, I'm not saying this is what I believe, but I'm taking you down this road because I want to show you something. As soon as you believe that space is fake, as soon as you start looking at the entire NASA space program sideways, because you know it was all founded and run by fucking Nazis, you start to question the entire model, don't you? Right? So all of a sudden you're looking at this whole thing funny. Now, if you start looking at this whole thing funny, what's the first group that you're going to start believing? Stop believing. The government. Absolutely. The government. What flat earth, regardless of how it started and what it believes and if they have the evidence or not, and I can't believe we're having this conversation. Yo, it doesn't matter. Don't get caught up in that. That's exactly how they banned that shit in the first place. It slipped it under your fucking nose. It doesn't matter if you think it's crazy. Why the fuck are you getting rid of it? You know how much crazy shit is on YouTube? Again, there's a goat in children's clothing. <laughs> in a fucking diaper on YouTube. But, 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 but why? But why? So now we get to the bigger question of are these companies actively involved with squashing dissension within the people? Because as much as you want to think that everything is running smoothly and we're A-OK, my dear, I would ask you to take a gander at Venezuela. When things move, they move very, very fast. And the reason they move very fast is because the people are actually very patient. The people don't rise up until they've had way too fucking much. My personal opinion, my theory, if I am allowed to still have one, is that the Flat Earth Movement actually created several sub-movements that were extremely dangerous to the powers that be in any country. It it fostered a sense of unity among people who believe that they're actually all living within the dome created by the Creator. And that's what Flat Earth is actually about. Flat Earth has a lot to do with religion. It has a lot to do with believing in a God. Right? Once you add space into that equation, you're in a lot of people's minds. Again, I'm not saying that this is what I believe. In a lot of people's minds, space is a satanic concept. Right? The people who want out the Tower of Babel shit. They built a tower so high that they were going to come out of the thing that we had created and then they'll be like us. But are they worthy of being like us? Are they worthy of getting their hands on whatever is outside of this particular realm? Or is this realm a training ground to see who is worthy to get that kind of power? Again, I'm not saying I believe any of this. Squirrels and tulips. Who gives a fuck? That's the point. The point is how can you just decide that there is this one trend? Because that's what it is. It's a fucking trend. Is the one that you don't like. How can you then go in and decide the voice of this group of people who feel like they don't have a voice? The voice of this group of people who don't feel like they have a voice. You're just going to get rid of all of them. For what though? For what? Because they're giving a marginalized population, whether you like that population in their views or not, they're giving them a voice. The reason Alex Jones needs to have a voice 
is not, again, because I in any way agree with the stupid shit he says, but it's because he has the right to have a voice. He does. That, that is the supposition on which this country was founded, that even if I don't like what the fuck you are saying, we are not going to act like the crown and take people's heads off for disagreeing with us or having a different point of view. That's the point of this country. <laughs> right? Alex Jones is a lot of thing, but freedom of speech, that's his shit. Right? That's his bag right there. Alex Jones will get all the way in the freedom of speech bag, as he should. And and he's honestly, I feel bad for him because he keeps saying, well, I never said those kids didn't die. I never said. But Mr. Jones, even if you did, that yo, freedom of speech. I don't have to like what the fuck you're saying, but I like the right the fact that you have the right to say it. Period. Point blank. You see what happens when we start playing these fucking politics amongst ourselves. You see how the fucking companies and powers that be are just waiting for us to do this shit to each other so they could come in on our backs, on our judgment and be like, yeah, you right. You right. I don't like this flat uh, flat earth shit either. You right. Let me get rid of this for you. Oh, you're going to criticize your fellow this person or that person for exercising their freedom of speech? Boom, I'm with you. You right. That person doesn't have the right to say that shit. Fuck that person. Let's ban that person. They're working off of your wave. They're working off of your energy. Which leads me naturally to the question of what the fuck do you care? Mind your fucking business. Okay, so Alex Jones thinks that almost everything that happens in this country is a false flag. Let him. Okay, there's a bunch of people that also believe right alongside with him that the government isn't to be trusted. Um, From what I can tell, all the Masonic homies in the house that day in Philly also thought, <laughs> also thought that power structures couldn't be trusted. From what I can tell, from what I can tell, the crown hated those guys as much as whoever is in control now seems to hate Alex Jones. Yes, yes, I'm calling Alex Jones a patriot as a Muslim woman. So I'm one of the groups that he's probably targeted the most. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. As someone who goes out of his way to not point out that certain countries do the shit they do, still, still. I'm saying this. Why? Because freedom of speech, man. And freedom of speech also applies to technological platforms. If we all agree that YouTube is a forum for public speech, then we have to agree that they have to give the same rights to everyone and not just the people. You know, you can't be a private company sometimes and a public company other times. When it suits you, you're hella public. When it, you know, it's all for the good of the peeps. And when it, and when it suits you, then it's, oh, well, these are our laws because we're a private company and we can do what we want. Right? So what does this have to do with us? What does this have to do with you? If you think that this isn't a hop, skip, and a jump, away from you and whatever you do in your life and people coming in and telling you that you can't do this and you can't do that, just go ahead and check out the social credit system. 
check out what other countries are doing to ensure that not only can you get banned off of whatever platform for saying some some shit they don't like, but how you could get banned off of life. Not just off of YouTube, off of Facebook, off of life. Oh, yes. This is, this is a way to test shit to see if you're good with it. Because once we acquiesce and go, okay, yeah, those guys are douchebags. We're good with it. Who you think they're coming after next? No, I'm serious. Who you think? Because, again, like the example I gave. Yo, that example is airtight, son. What the fuck? Why did that teacher say that? That bitch is a hero. That bitch saved like 18 kids that day. And plus another like 20 that she let in the door. Oh my God, teacher. Hero teacher. Why the fuck hero teacher lying? Hero teacher is a conspiracy theorist? This bitch lying? This bitch said it was a dude in full tactical gear? Wait a minute. I swear to you, Alex Jones has never said some shit like that. Why? Because I listen to his shit. I like to know what the uh, gun-toting Texan uh, demographic of the United States is thinking. Yes, very much so. I like to keep myself very well informed. (laughs) And also, he be talking some real shit. He be talking some real shit, absolutely. If you look at the newest shit that the Democrats are going in on Trump about, they're going in on him about him saying that the mom and the doctor get together and they and they say whether or not they're going to execute the baby. Okay, that's a Gemini way of saying some shit. We already know he does that shit. But if you go on the Joe Rogan, Alex Jones podcast, the second one that he did, Joe Rogan asks him like, yo, Alex, you be saying some shit like this? And you know what Alex Jones does? He pulls up a video. He pulls up a video of the governor of the state talking about the procedure that they have where if they feel like a child is either not viable or the mother is changing her mind or this or that, they will have a conversation with the mom where they will decide if that child should be basically uh, separated for parts or like, you know, chopped into parts. Yes, that's a horrible way of saying it. I'm sorry, I couldn't think of another way to say it. All I could kept hearing in my head was like, chop, chop. Um, now when Jones first told Rogan this, Rogan was like, what? No, what are you talking about? And then he pulls up this video and he dissects the video for you on air. And that motherfucker is not lying. There are some bizarre laws in place. And guess who those bizarre laws help? Cosmetics companies, huge pharmaceutical corporations, huge medical corporations oh yeah absolutely very wealthy people who need this or that oh yeah absolutely so that is to say that even some of the crazier shit he says if he could back it up and he could show you now after you watch that clip and you watch him talking about it you go back and you watch what trump said He's not wrong. Yes, they are doing this. Yes, it is happening. Now, whether you think it's okay or not, again, that's also your fucking opinion and you're allowed to have it. But what kind of a time are we walking into now where we're not allowed to say fucking anything basically about what the fuck the government is doing or about 
what's going on socially. Because now let's move to Farrakhan. Minister Farrakhan has always been saying the same shit. These people don't like you. They wish you weren't here. They hate you. Look at your neighborhoods. Look at your communities. What's in your communities? What's on the block? What are the cops treating you like? What are the laws set up like? What are the prisons set up like? I mean, if he's wrong on any of these things, somebody should say something. But from what I can tell, when Farrakhan talks about how black people are treated in America, he's on the fucking point. So you're going to take one of the leaders of black America... And you're going to ban him outright off of a platform just because you don't like what he says. So from here to companies not liking what you and I say and taking it a step further to a social credit system where not only do you get banned off platforms for saying some shit that isn't you know, towing the line, but now also you can't fly nowhere. You can't buy nothing. You can't go out nowhere because you need this social credit to move in this technologically advanced society. And we are all heading that way. All of this is just testing the waters to see what you'll allow and don't allow. So if somebody says, oh, I heard they banned it. And the other one, Yiannopoulos or whatever the fuck his name is, talks like Nazi shit. Absolutely he does. He talks shit about gay people. He talks shit about trans people. He talks shit about Muslims. He talks shit about everyone. Again, that's not the fucking point. The point is if we've decided that having a voice in the technological age, having a voice in the age of the internet is a human right, that free speech is a human right and these platforms are an extension of free speech because they've become mainstays in our society, then those rights have to be extended to fucking everybody. You can't have government laws and then have platforms that everyone in the country uses so they become a part of the society, but those platforms are socially governed by private corporate laws. Fuck that. Fuck that. That makes no fucking sense. Everybody fucking knows it. The only reason the government's allowing them to do it is because, again, like I said, they live for this shit. Oh, y'all going to police yourselves? Oh, y'all going to let the corporations get away with this? Boom. We're right behind them. Bro, bro, we're right behind them. Let this shit go through and see what we fucking do next. So that's how I feel about that. Now, take a little segue. Let's finish this segment off with a little junk food and then we move on to the Ark of the Covenant and the Ark Crystal. So let's wrap this up with some junk food. Smoke something. Oh, and also, hi. I know it's been a minute. I'm sorry I got back on here and like started raging right away. I just woke up and the first thing I saw was the Snoop video where Snoop is like, y'all banning Farrakhan. Like, I feel like especially watching that video got to me because I feel like so much has happened recently within the black American community that I don't know, like I don't, my heart hurts when I feel like people are being picked on. And there's just only so long that you can watch people get picked on before you start getting really, really, really angry. And it doesn't have to be like, that's the, that's the thing that people don't understand. Like someone, like a girl said, 
what on the ancestors podcast she texted me and she was like she dm me and she was like yo i'm having trouble doing the ancestors podcast because i'm german and i'm afraid if i do the ancestor podcast like nazis are gonna show up and i was like and she was like i don't have like cool african ancestors and i was like bro everybody's ancestors are cool africans <laughs> relax <laughs> you are all right um I think I think it's really important to realize when there is a segment of the population that's being marginalized, that's being picked on, that's being um, systematically oppressed, right? Just blow after blow after blow. You have to be able to see that you are essentially one people. You have to be able to feel the pain of any marginalized group as your own or else you'll never be motivated enough to speak on it or change it or effect any real change. It brings to mind those white kids who started screaming when the cop grabbed their black friend by the neck. Have you seen that video on Instagram? The kids went nuts and they were like, get off him. Don't touch him. Don't touch him. And genuinely from the timber of their voices, they are freaking out about that kid being handled by the cops as if it was, you know, their sister or themselves or their mom. And you can hear it in their voices. The white kids are freaking out. And not only are they scared, they're angry. And lo and behold, the cop lets him go. Now, in a similar and not so happy ending situation, a man in North Carolina was shot when in an open carry, no permit state, he was asked to take the gun out of his belt and put it on the ground. And when he went to go do so, he was shot dead. So who exactly in America is allowed to own guns? This is like the free speech shit that we were just talking about. Y'all think this shit ain't related, but it's all related. There's only certain people who are allowed to have an opinion, apparently, right? It can't be people who talk about black empowerment. It can't be people who talk about distrusting the government. It can't be people who are like, what kind of weird laws are we coming up with? I'm an asshole, but I want clarification. We can't. So it's not those people. So then who is it? Who's allowed to have an opinion? <laughs> who? Who keeps getting away with putting their opinion out there and nothing happens to them? Hmm. Good question. Now, who's allowed to carry a gun? Well, according to North Carolina, anybody, anywhere, at all times, regardless. But when it comes to the enforcing of that blanket law, we start to see where the lines are really drawn. Just like when these platforms ban people, we start to see where the lines really are. Yes, it's justice and liberty, freedom for all, except asterisk. I wrote a piece right before I started the channel called And Liberty and Justice for All. And this is before all the shootings started happening. This is before the whole Black Lives Matter thing sparked up. It was a few months before that I wrote it. And basically in it, I'm talking about how we have to admit that there are two governments in this country, that there are two sets of laws, that there are two sets of police forces, that there's two sets of military, there's two sets of everything in this country. There's the one that you experience as a non-black person, and there's the one you experience as a black person. And yes, everybody else is over on the other side, absolutely. And we have to admit that the laws, the justice system, the police force, everything 
for that population is different by nature than the one that we deal with. Their const- the constitution for black Americans is different. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, uh, starting in 1960 sometime. Okay? Okay. You should just be grateful we gave y'all rights. Right? Meanwhile, you could be Asian, you could be Filipino, you could be Pakistani, you could be Indian, you could hop on a plane, come over here, and you got rights. Woohoo! You a person. You landed here. You got rights. Cops are going to think twice before they shoot you. Right? Judge is going to think twice before they put you in jail. Cops are going to think twice before they shoot your fucking kids. Why? You didn't do nothing. You just got on a plane from another country and came here. Boom. That's all you did. You got rights. And now those people look at black, black Americans and go, oh, well, we came here from another country and we made it. What's wrong with you guys? What's wrong with them is they have a completely different police force, a completely different set of government, a completely different school system. I know it looks like they're walking around in the same one you're walking around with, but if you took a fucking second to ask them, they would tell you that they live in a different world. That world is superimposed right on top of yours. And the sickest part is they could look into your world. And you know what they see when they look into your world? Where you get to move as you like and drive as you like and go where the fuck you like. They get to look in your world and you know what they see? They see caricatures of them that you fucking love. You be rapping the songs and, and doing the dances and in the same breath not giving a fuck that cops are fucking killing those same people. That's the world they live in. They look into your world and they're like, damn, y'all like us that much. If y'all like us that much, then why don't you come over here and stop them from killing us? Stop them from poisoning us. Stop them from taking out our fucking uteruses when we go in for normal procedures. That ain't no conspiracy theory shit. That's just been happening since the 50s. Right? So... Those black people who live in the world that's superimposed on top of your world, but it's a completely different one, look into yours depending on no matter what color you are, no matter what culture you came from. If you're not visibly black and being treated as a black person in America, you have no fucking idea what that world looks like. And now y'all going, well, how do you know? You know what? I didn't even realize this, but most people walking around thinking I'm from the Caribbean and then turn around and treat me like I'm black. The reason I've never noticed is because I've always acted like an outsider no matter what situation I was in. So you treat me even more like an outsider and I'm just like, "Uh uh-huh. And also because in a lot of the ways that matter, I'm not included in that world. People on a colloquial level might look at me and be like, are you Guyanese? Are you Trinidadian? But when you get to courts, laws, judges, cops, none of those people are looking at me like that because they see my legal name and they're like, oh, she's Asian. And all of a sudden, I'm right back over there in the other world. So yeah, I've put my toe in that other world. I've, I've seen a peak of what goes on over there. But no, I have no personal experience in my people being shot in the street just for being my people. My people being allowed to carry guns, but not being able allowed to carry guns. Right? The unspoken second version of everything that different world that's superimposed on top of that world that's where this is all coming from that is at the heart of all of the stuff that we're talking about because if you can silence a group within a group and pretend that it's not happening you fucking win 
because it is those small groups of people that may be oppressed and treated differently. Those are the ones that become the voice of the greater collective. Those are the ones who have been through the oppression. Those are the ones who have the vocabulary and the ability to articulate what the system is doing. Right? You have to oppress those people because those people are the voice of the nation. Smoke something, we'll come back. Drink something too. We'll be back in a second. Oh shit, are we actually going to talk about the Ark? Are you fucking kidding? Are we actually going to talk about the Ark? Yeah, let's talk about it. So, and you think it doesn't tie in, but when I tell you it ties in, okay, ready? Boom, like this. So, Nassim Harame has been doing all this work on the vacuum. You know about the eight-hour lecture. If you've watched the eight-hour lecture, you're like, oh shit, let's do this. Let's talk about it. So, Harame talks about a group of people in Europe a few hundred years after Christ's death talking about how they can find the Ark of the Covenant. Within a few years, they've convinced the Pope to give them leave and money and everything they could want to go to Jerusalem and look for the Ark, which they claim is a possession, a belonging of their descendant, Jesus Christ. They, they claim to be descendants of Christ. And they claim to be the descendants of Christ and Mary Magdalene. And they convince the Pope that they have genetic right over the Ark of the Covenant as Christ is the living Ark, the being conceived in the presence of the Ark. I will explain all of this. And they head to Jerusalem. Now, what are they looking for? Well, they're looking for the Ark of the Covenant. So what's the Ark of the Covenant? The first time we have any real mention of the Ark is when Pharaoh uses it to separate a lake to find his wife's bracelet that she had lost. We know that Moses was raised as Pharaoh's son. We know from the Bible that there comes a time when Pharaoh's magicians and Moses both display their power in how they are able to use the energy of the ark to produce different tricks of nature and such. So, The Ark of the Covenant was some sort of power source, some sort of capacitor, some sort of technology, which basically was a contained mini black hole, a tapping into the singularity, which results in endless energy. The thing about tapping into this mini black hole sustained within this structure is that frequency-wise, you had to be down. If you weren't down with the frequency of the arc, it would give you cancer and kill you, burn your skin off, etc. So there seems to be a fail-safe on this technology. There was an entire priest class devoted in Egypt to the work of becoming worthy of being around the arc. Right, These mystery schools you hear about, Egyptian mystery schools and etc. It all had to do with becoming, quote unquote, pure enough to be in the presence of the Ark. Okay, 
So we know that Moses is visited by something and he is basically told that he is not who he thinks he is and he leaves. Pharaoh lets him leave. Remember that. Pharaoh lets Moses leave. Moses wants to leave and Pharaoh says, fine, go. You are my brother, go. Then, and this is the part we're piecing together a little bit, Moses goes and grabs what looks like in the Great Pyramid, in the center of the Great Pyramid, is a box. Now, when you look at the measurements of the box and you look at the measurements of given of the Ark of the Covenant in the Bible, they match perfectly. There's also not much mention of fire and torch use in Egypt. So we're not quite clear how they moved around after sunset. Unless the Ark of the Covenant was a capacitor and the Great Pyramid, the three pyramids are a power station and ancient Egypt was actually electrically lit through wireless energy. So... Moses takes the ark and leaves. Once Moses removes the ark from the Great Pyramid and leaves, guess who comes after him? The guy whose city is now sitting in the dark. Moses runs. Pharaoh gives chase. Moses uses the ark. Mini black hole means anti-gravity. Anti-gravity means you can move water. If you can move water, you can cut through anything. If you can move water, you can move as big of a structure as you need. All you need is that capacitor and water as a tool. Once you have those two things, you can lift the heaviest things, you can cut the heaviest things. Everything becomes very easy to build. Build. When you have the Ark of the Covenant, you can use water. I'm just going to say it again because I'm trying to drill something into your head. When you have the Ark of the Covenant and water... And those two things were always together. You can build anything. Okay. So Moses takes the ark, opens the Red Sea, they get across, and then for 40 years they quote unquote wander through the desert. Okay. The desert's not that big. And these people wouldn't have been wandering for that long. They were actually, if you look at the Bible, they were following the ark. The ark led them here. The ark led them there. The ark led them here. The ark led them there. But not into Jerusalem. We know that Moses never even makes it in. Okay. So, a few asides. After Moses leaves, and then we'll get back to the ark. After Moses leaves Egypt with his people, there is that famous incident where the people get all their gold together and they melt it and they make a a bull out of it. And they start worshiping it. At the time, Moses is up atop a mountain having a vision, uh, which later become the Ten Commandments. Now, that mountain has been found. On top of that mountain is a temple. It is a temple that was used by a small group of priests who believed in the atomizing of gold and the consequent ingesting of said atomized gold, which leads to star astral travel. 
You can say it is like a super jacked up form of DMT. And so the the emerging belief now is that Moses went up there, ingested this atomized gold, which is like a powder, and he left. He astral traveled to a realm where he was given certain information. Remember the Ten Commandments, the tablets are supposed to be sapphires. They're supposed to be crystals. Okay. So he comes back down. He sees what's going on. He sees that they're worshiping this thing. And he melts the thing down. Remember, he melts the gold down. He does something with the Ark of the Covenant And then he feeds that gold, which he has atomized, to the people. When the people eat the gold, they have the visions, they astral travel, they see what he has seen, and finally they stop fucking around and acting like assholes. Okay, now, let's get back to it. When the Ark does make it to Jerusalem, there is a gigantic structure built to protect the population from the ark because it's highly radioactive and there's only specific things you can wear and specific things you can put on your body and a specific frequency mentally, spiritually that you have to be in for that thing not to fucking kill you. Again, fail safe. So they build this seven room, like concentric wall after wall after wall structure called Solomon's Temple. And they housed the ark in the center. Solomon's temple was created solely for the housing of the ark. In Judaism, a temple is not to be built unless it is to be built to house the ark. This is how central the ark of the covenant is to their religion. Okay. When the ark makes it to Jerusalem and it sits in Solomon's temple, a funny thing happens. People keep trying to steal it funnier thing happens when they steal it and then run back and give it back because everyone in their tribe or city develops sores or cancers or tumors and starts radiation poisoning dying all over the fucking place so they bring the ark back like here whatever this thing is fucking take it because it just killed half my city i'm sorry i fucking stole it okay so because the ark was being stolen so much it was decided that there should be a plan B, a way to whisk the Ark out of Solomon's temple and be put somewhere else in times where the city was under siege. The plan that is developed involves a very small group of people who are basically created out of a larger Jewish population to keep the Ark safe. These people are completely isolated from the outside world. They live within these cave systems. They are very secretive. They have a very peaceful, nature-based sort of kindness bag going on. And they are given the ark to hold, to keep safe in times of distress. These people are called the Essene. 
If you look into modern Middle Eastern propaganda, you will see that a lot of it has to do with people trying to prove that Jesus was not an Essene, which he in fact was. The reason so many people go out of their way to try to prove that Jesus was not an Essene is because the Palestinians are the direct modern descendants of the Essene. That's why. <laughs> That's why. You know that thing? In the New Testament where Jesus comes back and goes, what the fuck have you been doing to my people? That thing puts that in a different context, doesn't it? All right, let's get back to it. So the Ark of the Covenant is given to this small, highly religious group of people. Look at them like, I don't know, kind of like the Amish, right? Like real dope, chill, doing their own thing, real kind of heart, super spiritual, all that, right? Okay. So the Ark is kept with them. Within the Essene community, there are a couple of people whose names you might recognize, like Mary and Joseph. Now, Mary is basically in the presence of the Ark all the time. If the Ark is a capacitor, a mini black hole, as we are thinking it is, if it's just raw life force that can be used in the right hands, however they like, it is in the presence of this life force that Mary conceives. Or at least this is the version that I'm going with, okay? It is in the presence of this incredible energy, this incredible technology, this, uh, as the Jews call it, the promise with God. It is this Ark of the Covenant in whose presence Mary conceives. And so it is with good reason that there are many cultures who believe that Christ is the Logos. Christ is the life energy made into human form. Mary is exposed to such an enormous amount of life energy that her body produces life. Now this person that she produces has some of the same qualities as the ark and you may if you are christian have heard before the term the living ark christ is often referred to as the living ark so the living proof of the covenant between humans and god right interestingly christ has some of the qualities of this technology that he uh, has been, his, that his mom has been around forever. He can walk on water. That's anti-gravity. He can heal people. That's pure life force, right? He can, and this is right out of the Bible, right? Jesus astral travels a bit here and there, right? That's what that whole 40 days in the desert is about. Okay, so the living ark. Now we know what happens to the living ark. We know that the Ark of the Covenant actually never makes it back to Jerusalem. The Ark of the Covenant is lost, or so it is assumed is lost. However, it, it actually in actuality is not lost. It goes up the Nile to Ethiopia. But as far as people in the time are concerned, the Ark is lost. It's whisked away. So the only issue that any powers that be would have left is the living ark. The living ark is an issue. 
for sure. It's one thing to have the Ark of the Covenant. It's very obvious that there is a God. There is someone, you know, who has made this pact with you. This technology is crazy. It's yet another to have a human being walking around with all the powers of the Ark. And it's a human being that you know has a soft spot in that he is made from the ark, he is pure, he is all good, which means that no matter what you do to him, he's not going to do anything to you. Oh, okay, well, crucify him, right? So we lose one ark in the geographical moving of the thing, and we lose another ark when it is murdered. Now, or as Muslims believe, uh, and, and this is true, this is true. Muslims believe that God was so disappointed in Judas for giving Christ up at the Last Supper that when Judas kissed Jesus on the cheek, their faces were switched and it was actually Judas that was crucified. But legit, Muslims believe this. Okay, now... Years later, we find that, hundreds of years later, we find that there is a group of knights who have left France, who have gotten this Pope to give them lots of the monies, and they are, they feel, the rightful owners of the Ark of the Covenant, and they think they know where it is, and they're going to go find it. And so these knights go to Jerusalem, and they have a war, And they close the city off and they kill all the Christians, all the Muslims, all the Jews. They kill the horses, the dogs, the cats, the children, the women. They killed everyone to the point where accounts of the day claim that the Templar horses were wading through blood that was up to their knees in the walled city. So, after all of that, the Knights Templar, which is what they came to be called, the Knights of the Temple Mount, which is what they were there for, Solomon's Temple, they disappear, the Knights Templar, into the Temple Mount under what used to be Solomon's Temple, and they don't come out for seven years. Hmm... What were they doing? Well, you know that the ark requires water. We know that when the ark was actually housed in Solomon's temple, there was basically a gigantic body of water called the Little Sea behind Solomon's temple. And that was the water they used to work with the ark. That was also the water that was then used to irrigate the fields. And people would come and take from this water because it was obviously, quote unquote, holy. This is where the first real explanations for holy water start to emerge as well. Wherever there was an ark, there was a water source being used for that ark. And that water source became a source of healing waters. Because, of course, it's running over this life energy technology. Okay. So, seven years in, still under the Temple Mount. Who knows what they're doing? They're looking for something. An Ethiopian king approaches them. Hey, I think I know what you're looking for. I think I know what you've been doing for the past seven years. Hey, you're never going to find it. 
Guess why? I have the ark, he says to them. Well, okay. So the, he says to them, you guys seem to have some monies. You guys seem to have quite a lot of power, quite a lot of manpower, quite a lot of weaponry. I heard what you did to the city a decade ago. How about you guys, this was a newly deposed Ethiopian king. How about you guys help me get back my kingdom? You use your army to usurp the new leader, put me back in power, and I'll just give you the ark. And so the Templars leave Jerusalem, and the next time we see them is in France. And in France, the next time we see them is when they have built a Gothic cathedral. A cathedral that in many ways we're still quite unsure how it was built. No one had ever seen architecture like that before. Now... Knowing everything I've just told you, it's a pretty good assumption huh, that that architecture was created by a technology that did not exist in that time period in any way, shape, or form. The first example of this architecture, the first structure they make is the cathedral at Chartres in France. And if you check that cathedral out, you can see that it is incomprehensible with the technology they had at the time that that structure could be created. From that time, the Templars become known as great builders, masons. The Ark and the secret of the Ark and the technology of the Ark become the underpinning of masonry and Masonic belief. To this day, being initiated into the highest degrees of masonry involves bowing in front of the, a replica of the Ark. In the famous painting of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, George Washington is shown wearing his mason apron that you wear during your initiation in front of the Ark. And so very... So the line, the red thread between the Templars to current Freemasonry is very strong. It's the same organization. So what happened? This is what I think happened. I think the Ethiopian king gave them an ark, and I think that ark was pretty low on power. I think there were several arcs. I think there were several contained mini black holes. I think wherever you find a pyramid anywhere in the world, that structure at one point contained a zero point technology, the Ark of the Covenant, whatever you want to call it. And I believe that beings that built these structures to house these technologies were using these technological post points everywhere to travel along the ley lines of the earth from structure to structure to structure. I also believe that through these structures and through the Ark of the Covenant, you can travel from singularity, because that's all it is, a contained small singularity, from singularity to singularity to singularity. Now, if you know how to map it out, there are many singularities in many places, and you could go pretty much anywhere. So I believe, and Nassim Harameh believes this as well, that the Ark is a battery of sorts, and it's something that can run out. 
What I personally believe is that the one that they got in Ethiopia had been around since ancient Egypt. I'm sure that shit was worn out. I'm sure they used it a bit, fucked around, made some crazy buildings, and that then, then that thing died out and was like, can't work no more. Okay. Once that stops working, an interesting thing happens in Spain. This man comes to the king and the queen, and he says... I think there is an ark in the New World, in South America. Now, we know from the mummies that we find in Egypt, the cocaine mummy, please look that up. We know from several different mummies now found in ancient Egypt that they had cocaine and tobacco in their systems, things that are only produced on the other side of the world. On the other side of the world where we have been told nobody had traveled before. Bullshit. All of it is bullshit. We have uh, rope techniques from the Norse showing up in Native American culture because they were taught by the Norse who were trading with them, right? Up here in Scandinavia, like we know that Leif Erikson came to America fucking way before Columbus ever made it there. So this whole lie that you've been told that Columbus goes to Ferdinand and Isabella says, oh, I want to go exploring and find India. Lies, lies, lies. They knew exactly where the new world was. They had known where it was for a very long time. And they also had heard crazy reports of cities of gold like El Dorado. Now, you have to realize that El Dorado, Fountain of Youth, Ponce de Leon, all of this has to do with the ark. The fountain of youth is the water that flows over the ark that will keep you young forever. Of course, it is life energy. You pass water over that life energy, that water becomes charged, you drink that water, blah, blah, boom. Water, fountain of youth. Now, Columbus goes to Ferdinand and Isabella and says, yo, We don't have any more juice on this thing. The thing that the Masons or the Templars had, that shit has run out. Now, in this time where they had the Ark, they became very, very popular throughout Europe. They became, they led several crusades. They became the bankers of Europe. And it's an interesting twist how they did this. So, they realized that they could hype people up to join in these wars where they were going to look for the Ark. They made it into a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And then they realized that people were getting robbed on the pilgrimage. So the Templars started asking people to deposit their money with them. And they would have a Templar along the road that you could check in with. And then another one in Jerusalem. And when you got to Jerusalem, the message had been sent through, through their own system, that certainly such and such person who has arrived has this much in holding at our bank in France. And you can give him the equivalent of whatever, whatever there in Jerusalem. And the Templars were doing their business because it made life for the travelers very, very easy because they were getting robbed on the road. So the Templars took that out of the equation by taking the money out of their pocket, holding it, and then we'll just give you the equivalent when you get over there. Thus, the first banking systems are formed. Okay. So now you have the Templars deeply involved in the murderous crusades, 
banking and interest, okay? And now they have quite a lot of power in Europe. So they have they use that money that they're making from the banking to increase their numbers, increase their size. A huge standing army, okay? Smoke something. Now, this huge standing army has a lot of things, but their main source of power is gone. They've replaced it with money, with arms, with political power, with geographical power, and yet they don't have an arc. So they are in some ways weakened. Columbus has this great idea. Columbus goes to Ferdinand and Isabella and says, listen, there's at least a couple of cities down there that have these structures and one of them's have to got to have an ark. There's all kinds of myths and fairy tales and this and that. Let's go get it. This is mildly referred to in its own way in the movie The Fountain. Now, the tree of life that he's searching for is the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, so it does give you a pretty, pretty accurate description, that film, of what happened back then. And actually, Aronofsky is really good at that. That film, Pi, has a lot of stuff in it, a lot. So in the fountain, Isabella asks a knight to go to the new world to find for her the tree of life so she can prevail over her enemies, which at the time was the Pope, backed by the Templars, modern-day Freemasons. Okay, good. Columbus comes to the New World and kills a lot of fucking people because he can't find what he's looking for. A lot of people spread through South America looking for the same thing. How much is found? How much is not found? We don't really know. We know that there are a couple of arcs in different places where when NASA opened the pyramids up, a blue light escaped that had been lingering there for God knows how long. We know that the Muslims believe that the ark is in Mecca, in the black building called the Kaaba. And that it is the only remaining piece of the ark. And it is a piece that stays constantly charged and doesn't run out of battery because there are people walking in concentric circles around it all the time, feeding it. So that brings you up to date on what at least I personally know and think about the Ark of the Covenant. So what's Nassim done and what is the Ark Crystal about? So what Nassim Harame figured out is what the fuck is the Ark exactly? Like scientifically, what the fuck is it? Once he figured it out, he recreated it in a lab. Yeah, yo, this dude is hype. He recreated it in a lab. Once he recreated it in a lab, basically made himself a capacitor, he started charging crystals next to the thing, the resonator, next to the resonator. It is a technology that resonates with the field, just like the Ark of the Covenant is a technology that taps into the field. And so crystals are charged in the presence of this thing. And then when you wear the crystals, you resonate with the field. 
So that is the arc crystal. Now, what is my personal experience with the arc? I can't begin to explain to you how I felt the first time I watched that eight-hour lecture and Nassim gets to the Templars. I have had so many questions throughout my life. Why certain industries, why certain groups of people have always seemed like they had a different agenda. How social woes and the plight of the downtrodden has never even figured into uh, decision-making in the higher echelons of power. I've always wondered where the lack of humanity stems from within the people that would rule us. And a lot of that control comes through banking. A lot of that control comes through world banking. A lot of that control comes through the willful exclusion of certain scientific theories, certain scientists themselves, you start to realize when you listen to Nassim talk about the arc that there is a version of history that you ha- that has been curated for you. That all your education has been specifically curated to keep out of your mind the reality of the present day world and how we got here. How did we get to the modern banking system? How did we get to modern government? Who created the U.S. We know that almost everyone who signed that declaration was a Freemason. We know that. And we also know that they referred to the U.S. as the great experiment. We also know that in Masonry, the black man is considered God. And it is something and someone to be sacrificed Yes. Oh, yes. Did you think it wasn't going to go crazy and and weird and left? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now if you look at the upper echelons of power throughout our society, do you still wonder why there are laws that say that everyone can carry a gun, but when a black man does it, he gets shot in the back? Do you wonder... Why most of the laws now being put in place that have to do with, geez, everything, everything from the amount of fluoride in your water to the amount of uh, toxins in your vaccines to the various chemicals and food colorings used in children's food. Do you, are you now surprised that most of that stuff adversely affects children of color, specifically black children. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. In one of the rituals that said people engage in called the cremation of care, a replica of a black man is what they say, but if you watch the video of people who snuck into Bohemian Grove, that don't look like a dummy screaming. But part of their ritual is to burn a black man alive. It's called the cremation of care, the burning of God. For the service of not God. Okay? 
You realize how this ties into the space is fake shit that I was talking about earlier? Yo, this shit is all related, bro. Whether you believe it or not, shit is funny. Something's wrong. So, yes, these people do this every year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The year that they got caught on tape. And guess who did that, by the way? Guess who fucking snuck in there and caught these motherfuckers lighting that quote-unquote dummy that just looked like a black man and was screaming like a black man, but apparently was a dummy. Guess who caught them doing this shit and lighting that thing on fire and then like cheering and everything in front of the big owl statue? Guess who snuck in and caught that shit? Alex fucking Jones. And got in a lot of fucking trouble for doing it. Smoke something. So, When I first watched Nassim talk about this stuff, my head was spinning in several directions at once. I couldn't fucking believe what I was hearing. I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Everything is falling into place. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And then the Art Crystal. When Art Crystal sent me their tech, basically their technology that I'm wearing around my neck, I couldn't believe it. It took me a day to just like be around it and look at it and be like, fuck, what the fuck, fuck. And then I put it on and my body started raging. Uh, I could hear my little brother. I, I thought I heard my little brother's voice. I was walking in the hallway. I actually, I was, I was going to say, I'm never going to forget this. And it's funny to say that because it just happened a couple weeks ago, but I'm never going to forget this. Um, I was walking in my hallway to get my mail in my lobby in New York. And I heard my little brother say, Umber, help me. And I turned around and I was like, yeah, what do you need? And there was nobody there. And so I texted him because I was like, yo, are you in the basement? Are you in the laundry room? Because I just heard you say, like, what do you need help with? And he was like, no, I'm not in the fucking laundry room. I'm downtown. And I was like, oh, what? No, but like, I like legit, like I heard your voice say, help me. And he was like, yeah, I'm in kind of a bad spot. Like I, I could actually use your help. And I was like, oh, okay. That happened. Same day, my mother calls me and she says, are you okay? And I was like, ah, I'm a li- yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Why? What's going on? And she was like, well, I just heard your voice in my head being like, mom, I need help. I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm just, you know, um, I feel very connected at the moment, to be honest. And she was like, okay, well, you know, like, why don't you come over later? And I was like, okay. Then my son calls me. I'm in New York. He's in Denmark. And he's like, mommy, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, why? What happened? And he's like, I just like heard your voice okay what the fuck all in the same day now here's the weird funny thing when i was pregnant with baba in that dream it was my little brother i was walking with who jumped up and turned into a blue tiger and jumped into my lap and that's how my mother interpreted the dream that i was pregnant and that i was going to have a son so for it to be my little brother my mother my son and me apparently, who as soon as I put this tech on could hear each other, confirmed for me what I've always known, that there is some, and we, the four of us look a lot alike, like 
when you see me, my mom, and my son together, you're like, okay, y'all are the same person. But then when you see my little brother with the four of us, you're, with the three of us, you're like, holy fucking shit. Like, me and my little brother, it's laughable when we stand next to each other how much we look alike. Like, it's, it's, it's funny, right? So it's interesting to me that these are the four people that immediately, as soon as I put this thing on, I was, like, on, an, on a telepathic level, seemed to connect to. So that's the first thing that happened. And to be perfectly honest, that shit bugged me out so much that I took it off and I put it down. Because I was like, hey, yo, like what? Like I feel hyper connected to the collective, to the ether as it is. So like maybe this isn't for me, you know? So I put it down for like a week or something. Go back to New York for work. Pick it back up. Put it on. But in the, the, in the interim, what I realized was that I wasn't really up for wearing the arc because I wasn't straight with myself, you know? So in the interim, I started working out. I started doing yoga. I started doing Pilates. I start, you know, doing the, the lime water, the lemon water, the fallen meditation. Uh, I'm keeping all the thoughts, like all the negative impulse action stuff out of my head. I'm you know, just living pure. I'm, my intentionality means everything to me. I'm not looking at anybody funny. I'm not thinking nothing funny. I'm not letting anything funny happen around me. If anyone says some weird shit around me, I call it out and walk away. I'm keeping my energy clean. Get back to New York for work. First thing I do is put the arc crystal back on. Boom. Peaceful, happy, good. I'm feeling shit. I could feel like, oh, that, that, okay, that, okay, that person's going to call me. Okay, that, and that's dope. I'm good with it. Feels good. It's a nice buzz. Then I started doing the readings and I started putting out the readings. And I'm like, yo, like these are, like I'm in New York doing the readings, right? And I'm also putting readings out on YouTube. And I'm like, yo, the like these readings are just like ever since I came in contact with this thing, my readings are more on point. Like I can feel it just like I could hear my brother in my head. I could feel it. So what I've realized in the past couple of days of consistently wearing it all the time is that much like the Ark of the Covenant, the way the Ark Crystal responds to you has everything to do with your vibe. My vibe when I first got this piece of tech was fiercely Cancerian, as in, if you are not my people, get the fuck away from me, right? And that includes you guys, don't worry. Smoke something. Mm, Drink something. And I think what the Arc Crystal did is it made me realize how lacking and how small that was, how isolating that was. Instead, it opened me, it it, it made me realize that my frequency needed a lot of work. I needed to open up and be as giving with that energy as I am with everything else. You know, like I'm not even going to front most of the work I do is because it's easy for me to do. I'm good at it. This shit ain't easy, right? The way I feel about my people, that would be my family, my friends, you guys, fiercely protective, like notoriously protective, right? Aggressively protective. 
But now you want me to feel same, same about everybody on the inside of the shell and the outside of the shell? Nah, chill. Like, I'm really not with that. Like, I don't even know how to do that. Like, I don't know. Again, I was raised in Harlem. I don't know how to do that shit. Like, there's my people and there's everybody else. And the art crystal was like, no, everybody else is your peeps. <laughs> they all your peeps, idiot. That took a minute to adjust to. But I got to tell you, now on this side of the shell, on this side of the line, I can't imagine going back. That's why I can talk passionately about Yononopolis or whatever the fuck his name is and Alex Jones and everybody else getting their rights. They not they may not be on my side of the line, but we still know this shit ain't right. You know what I'm saying? Like just like I don't need to be a black person to see that what the fuck is going on with the NRA and open carry states and it's just an excuse for them to kill black people and when they say well, they want to take guns away, they're really just talking about us. Like, like I, I'm, I can see this from a completely different perspective. Of course, I've always had a high level of empathy, but now I see it from the inside. I think what the ARC does is it makes you realize that all people are your people. That it connects you to the field. And once you're connected to the field, you, it's compl- it is the most equalizing experience you'll ever have in terms of energy. I think that's why my body freaked out the way it did. Because the, the arc was equalizing my energy. And my energy was like, nah. No, we like to keep ourselves isolated over here. No, we are not part of the greater collective. And the, the, the field and the purveyor of that energy, the arc crystal was like, no, bitch. Yes, you are. You're very much a part of this energy. Fuck you. Get used to it. And what I've realized over the past little bit here that I've been wearing it is that I have genuinely become, I'm laughing because it's ridiculous, but I've genuinely become empathetic towards everyone. Like, it's nuts. I found myself the other day uh, looking through a newspaper that I would never have read. Just based on where it's from and who it's by, I would have never picked it up. But I read it. And I read it without the slightest bit of barrier between me and them. There is no me and them anymore. And for me... That's huge. Again, cancer rising. Me and them is all I got. You know what I'm saying? Like I need to be able to tell who I give this affection to and who doesn't deserve it. And the art crystal comes in and goes, bitch, who the fuck are you to say who deserves it and who doesn't deserve it? Everybody fucking deserves it. Fuck you. You better get right. And I was just like, okay, you're going to get right. Oh, no. (laughs) Just let in all the fucked up crazy people. And then you realize that the fucked up crazy people are you. We're all fucked up crazy people. It's just another way of separating us. And wearing the art crystal has finally brought me to the place where I can see so clearly every fucking attempt that is made to separate us. Because now I feel the oneness. When you feel the oneness of all beings and not as an abstract concept, of course, I've understood the oneness of all beings all my life. I know how to read. Of course, I get it. Of course, I've always gotten it. But it's one thing to understand it. It's another thing to feel it. 
You know what I'm saying? I can understand all kinds of like sophisticated, complicated intellectual concepts. Sure. Yeah. Cool. But it's another thing to feel in your bones, in your soul, in your dreams, in every waking and sleeping moment, you feel completely connected to that oneness, to that field, to every single human being around you. Yo, yo, when I tell you I put the art crystal on and got in a bathtub because I'm trying to be smart. I caught myself trying to be smart like, oh, the art uses water and this is water and I'm going to, you know, stupid shit that I be doing. <laughs> That's why you love me. Yo, I got in the water wearing the ark. And can I tell you, I sat in the fucking bathtub and I cried my eyes out. I couldn't stop crying. Like I felt everything. I felt the pain, the joy, the sorrow, all of those beautiful, complicated uniquely human things that we do and feel and say and think i felt it as like one collective and 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 i think it's because i'm already so jacked like i'm already so tuned in god knows why i think it's probably just genetics or the fact that my mom fell on her stomach right and like i hit my head and i hit my spine and so there was probably like an uh, in utero kundalini rise um because the first time i started hearing about kundalini rising I was, I think I was a teenager. Yeah, I was a teenager. And they were like, oh, and then it feels like air up your spine. And then it like uh, diffuses, kind of explodes at the top of your spine, like uh, by your like the column, the base column of your cranium. And then it feels like it spreads through your body. And I remember being like, oh yeah, I can do that if I breathe deeply. And <laughs> the guy who was explaining it to us was like, no, 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 that, no, this is like, this is something different. This is like this highly advanced, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but you said it feels like air. And then like, and then I get like tingles all over my body and the hair stands up on my arms and stuff. And he was like, well, how often does that happen? And I was like, I don't know, whenever I like breathe really deeply and concentrate on it, or if I run my hands under warm water. And he just looked at me like, are you, are you saying that your Kundalini just rises whenever you, and I was like, I think so. Like, I'm not trying to be that bitch, but like, I really do think so. And he like went through this like list of like, oh, well, do you do this? And I was like, yes. Do you do this? Yes. Do you do this? Yes. And then after he had gone through his questions, he was like, oh, wow. I was like, yeah, I think this happened when I was in the stomach. Anyway. So for me to be already so jacked and then to put the shit on was already a big thing. But then to put the shit on and get in the water. Oh, my God. Forget it. Yo, every failed pregnancy every murder every this every that every torture every indecency when i tell you i felt everything i felt like my fucking soul was cracking i felt everything i went over to my mother's house my blood pressure was off the fucking chain i have the lowest blood pressure you can imagine my blood pressure was through the fucking roof i had a fever i was just like my body was revving so fucking high and my mother was like what the fuck like she took that thing off my neck and put it to the side and she was like no 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 you don't need this this is not for you and I was like no mom it is for me and she was like no (laughs) you let me keep this thing you don't need to wear this thing but I realized now that at the time my frequency wasn't right that thing was affecting me so much because of the 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 resistance within me 
the resistance within me was like, no bitch, no bitch, no bitch. And so it was fighting against that connectivity. So I come back to Denmark, I do all the things and I go back to New York and I put this thing on and, you know, ba-boom. It's no like hyperventilating. There's no blood pressure increase or spike. There's no fever. There's no tears. There's no nothing. There is just this, uh, you know, it kind of looks like the Iron Man thing. There's this very palpable sense when you first put it on that you've plugged in. It's like plugging into the fucking matrix or something. You can feel it. You can feel yourself come into resonance with the field. And when I put it on now, I didn't feel that jerk into a different, you know, energy. And I think it's because I was already there. I think what I did when I first put it on is give myself like a primer, like, okay, this is what this is like. You got to get used to this. And, and this is making you see the holes in your own spirituality that you need to shore up and that you need to work on. Nobody's fucking perfect. Of course, I have all kinds of fucking hangups, right? So I do this stuff. I cleanse myself out the best I can, get back to New York, put this thing on, and we're vibing, like vibing, like vibing high, my dude. When I tell you, like... I've been thinking about things and just like casually asking God, like, yo, it would be really nice to like start live podcasting. Like, I love that Joe Budden podcast is live podcasting. I'd like to do that too. And two days later, I opened a message that was actually sent weeks ago and I hadn't seen. Or I would love to do a Charlie Rose type show. I miss Charlie Rose. And I actually truly believe that I have that skill set of being being able to interview people really well and be ruthless and friendly at the same time and i'm gonna get my fucking questions answered but i'm gonna charge you and you're gonna laugh the whole time and you're not even gonna know that you told me the shit you told me and i've been thinking for you know a couple of weeks just casually like you know god it would be really cool if i could somehow take up that mantle and like get that show going again of like quality high high quality interviewing and then, you know, a, a new opportunity drops in my lap a couple of days ago that I can't talk about yet. And then this and then that. And, and I can go through, you know, there's I think from the past week and a half, there's probably 30 examples of things that I have just casually not like, please, I really want this thing that I've casually asked for. And then just like went about my day being in my good energy space. There are also things that I thought were going to work out and they didn't work out. And instead of being upset for even a moment, I swear to God, I shrugged my shoulders and just walked away from the thing and kept going. Well, guess what? Here we are a week and a half later and that thing comes back around on its own talking about, oh, well, I'm sorry and da, 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 da. Okay, well, just like the shrug of the shoulder before, you get the same shrug of the shoulder now. I don't really give a fuck. See, this arc life suits me. Arc crystal life suits me because my thing has always been, I don't give a fuck. I'm a lone wolf. Let me move how I move. I don't really give a fuck what you think. This is a much better way of living like that because I can be a lone wolf but could be connected to everything. And when I tell you I don't give a fuck is because I give a fuck so much about everything and everybody that I'm not going to stop to take a second to singularly give a fuck about what the fuck you're doing or if you texted me or if you called me or if you did this or if you did that or if you want me or if you want to hire me or if you don't like me or whatever. I don't have time to deal with your individual fucking pet bullshit when I give a fuck about the entire fucking field and the entire fucking collective you could go suck a dick honestly like who gives a fuck that suits me perfect 
Like you couldn't find something to suit me better than that. Honestly, that suits me so fucking perfect. Like, yay. (laughs) Instead of being on the outs of everything, the lone wolf, the one who's, you know, completely ostracized from everything and then finds their identity in that space. Instead, what Nassim Haramay, I'm not going to (laughs) cry, what Nassim Haramay's work has done and what that company did for me is it showed me that I could keep that. I could keep that edge. But instead of being on the outside, I can be completely folded into the inside. And that's what you have to realize ultimately about anything that we talk about. When we talk about energy, regardless of where you come down on this sliding scale of morality, we as a conscious collective, any conscious being, I'm talking about the bees and the pigs and the human, everything, everything, the trees, everything, every consciousness is in this together. Every consciousness is one thing. When you realize the great gravity of that, then any one experience, any one person, any one desire just becomes a casual thing that you ask for. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it would be wonderful to do that. That would be great. But also look at this fucking sunset. But also look at this beautiful child. But also, look at this new science thing that came out. But also, like, there are pictures coming out of this place or that place. Like, yo, humans are dope, man. People, we be doing this. We be doing that. Now there's all these young kids coming up with things to clean the oceans. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we are dope. We are dope. <laughs> and when you tap into that, what I have been able to find through that experience is that I can be as I don't give a fuck about the trivial shit that I'm never going to stop thinking is trivial, but now I'm doing it from a place of ultimate love and ultimate care. Like I love this collective so much that I'm not going to take the time that you want me to take now to step out of my energy of loving and being a part of this field to address your shit because you mad because you not in the field. Right? So you want me to come up out of this energy to fucking deal with you because you're mad because you're on the other side of the glass. First of all, you put yourself there. You're not really on the other side of the glass. You doing what I used to do. You just think you're over there. So now you mad at me because you think we're not one, even though we are one. And now you want me to step out of this place of knowing that we're one to fight with you about how we're not one. No, I'm not doing this with you. However this pans out for you, the person who didn't call you, the job you didn't get, the person who's lying on you, the person who's fucking driving you crazy at work, the person who fucking betrayed you, the person who cheated on you, the person who stole your shit, whatever the fuck happened, that person is another attempt to pull you out of this oneness and to address that person specifically and say, yes, whatever you did is so important that I'm going to come up out of this space of ultimate manifestation, ultimate peace, ultimate love to fucking address your petty shit. No, I'd rather stay in this field and ask for you to learn what you need to learn and for you to be able to do better. So you don't need to be over there either. How about I do that for you from over here instead of, instead of coming up out of this to engage you? Cause that I can't do for you. No matter how much I love you, no matter how connected I feel that we are all are, I cannot ever again, step out of this feeling to engage you personally on some low level shit. I just can't do it. 
And so if the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark Crystal, Nassim Harameh's work has done anything, it has finally made obvious to my stone block Taurus Vedic stubborn mind that we are one being. We are one animal. This planet is like one being. And we are all just organs of this one being. This entire universe is one being it's one living breathing thinking conscious thing and we are all cells in that thing and so i cannot any longer fight against myself i can't and i hope i hope this gives you some insight into how you should not either but this has been long enough i gotta go pick up baba welcome back to revolution ramblings I'm sorry about the delay. When I tell you I love you, the words are not enough. It's your girl, DJ Nark. I'll see you next week.